Hello, welcome to the New Adult Committee. My name is Alex Cranshaw. I am a librarian at Sayville Library. And I am Andrew Mahopoulos, and I'm a librarian at the Sachin Public Library. If this is your first time listening, we are a part of the Suffolk County Library Association. The focus of our committee is to find ways for libraries to better serve new adults, who we define as patrons ranging in their you know, 18 to mid to late 30s. Um, many patrons stop coming to the library around this time of their lives, and they often return when they have children themselves. So one of the major life milestones that our patrons hit during that time period is going to college. And with college comes student loans. And uh, with that, the topic of this episode is going to be student loans and student debt forgiveness. And we have a great guest joining us today. His name is Anthony Manza, and he is from the National Student Debt Forgiveness Center. Uh, welcome, Anthony. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Um, I had Anthony's boss, I guess, Joseph Basmagi. He's the director of operations uh, at the National Student Debt Forgiveness Center. He, uh, he joined us at Sayville Library a few days ago to give a talk for um, a pretty full crowd um, about student the diff different options for student debt forgiveness. And it was a, it was a great program, it was well attended, lots of great information. So I'm happy to, uh, to have Anthony join us today to talk a little bit about some of the options that are available, what he's seeing um, just to, from his work. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So, uh, so Anthony, do you mind telling us a little bit about what the National Student Debt Forgiveness Center does? What, uh, what it services it provides and to whom? Sure. So the best way I can describe what we do is this. Um, I go to a party or, or you have a gathering and uh, you meet somebody you know, that, you, that you knew, new to, right? New acquaintance. And one of the first questions that they ask you inevitably is what do you do for a living, right? It's, it's common, common conversation. So I tell them I'm a student loan analyst. So they inherently smile, oh, that's cool. And then you see the gloss go over their face and they realize they have no idea what that is, right? So I say, uh, okay, so what we really are, um, are accountants for your student loans, okay? We all know that people can benefit from going to an accountant to have their taxes done. Um, a lot of people don't realize that Sometimes even more so, it's beneficial to have a professional take a look at your student loans and determine what the best course of action is because like your taxes, the repayment of these debts are highly maneuverable and subjective. Um, and the lenders that hold your student loans and recoup the money for the government, um, they're trying their best uh, to double your student loan debt, okay? Um, and the bigger your debt, the easier it is for them to achieve their goal. Um, there are forgiveness programs that are out there for a lot of folks, which are not pie in the sky. They are, uh, in fact, reality. Um, and the lenders aren't telling folks about these programs because, frankly, they want to make money for themselves and for the government. So what we do is we take a look at your loans and we determine what the best course of action is for the individual. That's great, thank you. What, um, what is your like general clientele? Is it people that are just coming out of college? Is it people who have been 
paying loans for a while and are starting to realize like this is not working for me? What what do you what do you what's your typical client look like? So ideally, um, you would speak to an individual when they get out of school, right? Before they start paying money back into a program that ultimately is not the best course of action for them. But um, as is life, you know, we we have all shapes and sizes. Um, we are contracted through various unions and organizations through New York and now extending outside of New York. Um, our biggest um, our biggest client, or I guess our most successful one is the UFT. It's the United Federation of Teachers, the New York City Teachers Union. We've been servicing them for five years now, and it's been wildly successful. Um, so, to, you know, to, to answer your question, Alex, the, the, we would ideally like to get an individual before they start paying, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you can help a lot of different uh, age ranges. Um, just to extrapolate off this, President Biden has implemented a lot of law changes that are helping folks that have been paying for years, um, you know, who were not initially eligible due to specific uh, parameters. They now are eligible for forgiveness or getting themselves uh, close to forgiveness. Um, unfortunately, it's a limited waiver, meaning it's going to end at the end of October unless it's extended. So anybody right now, specifically with the new ramifications, uh, are, you know, should be seeking help if they have federal student loan debt. So that's interesting. So most of your clients are like organizations. You go and you kind of give a presentation to, say, I don't know, a, a, a group of teachers and kind of explain what their options are. Yeah. So um Unlike a lot of annoying phone calls that we all get, myself included, uh, we don't solicit any outside um, uh, clientele via calling. Um, all of our clients are either individuals who are part of a union or a school district that we have broken relationships with or are referrals from those people. So ideally, the way we operate is we give a presentation similar to the one Joseph gave the other day. Um, we've we've matriculated two webinars now, which have become wildly successful. Um, they were sort of, uh, you know, done by necessity due to COVID, um, but people liked them so much more because instead of having to, you know, run across town to a specific area at a specific time, you know, they can, you know, do it in the comfort of their own home. Um, personally, I don't like them. I like the human touch of an in-person face-to-face uh, presentation. But yes, it's a presentation or a webinar designed to the specific organization that we're speaking to. Um, for instance, public service folks, those who work in education or healthcare, not-for-profit, um, those folks have more options than, say, private sector folks. Um, but we tailor the presentation to them. We alert them of the forgiveness programs that they may be eligible for. Um, and then what we try to do, um, like, like an accountant would, is have a one-on-one -on -one consultation, uh, typically via phone, to review their specific student loan uh, situations and find the best solution for them. Is there, a, is there a cost for your service or is that like built into, like how does that work? So the way we typically operate is our consultations are free of charge. Um, 
the implementation of the action plan that we call. So if there is uh, an improvement that we can make, and there isn't always, guys. Uh, you know, sometimes, although not often, sometimes folks are simply doing the best thing that they're doing. And, you know, whether they know it or they don't, you know, we'll just say, listen, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's, it's the best course of action. But assuming there is an improvement to be made, um, we give a verbal action plan. Um, everything we tell folks is something they can attempt on their own. Again, similar to doing your taxes. Um, but the vast majority of folks um, are simply better served uh, having us handle their, their situations. And um, there are paid services um, upon, upon completion of services. So that's another great thing about us. If we do charge money to do the um, submission of, of paperwork, we only charge when you see the work completed at the level that we discuss. So I'm just thinking, I mean, as a librarian, most of the listeners to this podcast are librarians. We are obviously eligible, or most of us are eligible for the student loan forgiveness program. So I would see libraries potentially being interested in having you coming to speak to their employees to see, you know, work out elucidate them on what their options are. So how would a library go about doing that if they were interested in in your services? They would reach out to you, you would speak, and then after you spoke, anybody who's interested in a one-on-one -on -one would contact you. And then from there, you'd work out kind of like a one-on-one -on -one client basis. Is that how it works? Typically, that's how it works. Um, when we set up our webinars or presentations, what we do uh, is we typically give barcodes so folks can scan it with their phone um, and that gives them a link to set up a consultation um, or, you know, obviously folks would have access to me directly and those could be dispersed throughout the, uh, the organization. Um, I can't stress enough, though, that whereas public service or not-for-profit folks do are the ones that are highly, highly um, affected positively by the forgiveness programs. There's such a wide range of outcomes for student loans that anybody could uh, benefit from, you know, having a consultation because really what the lenders do is they just simply have folks focus on the monthly payment. So in the hope that you can afford it um, and, you know, pray one day it stops. So just to get educated on your debts, because the lenders definitely don't do that. Um, you know, it, it could be a beneficial thing, uh, you know, in, in, in and of itself. Yeah, so you just mentioned like being educated on the debts, like other other things that you see that are common mistakes that people make. Well, you know, you know what it is, Andrew. The lenders are the only people that uh, borrowers can rely on. The problem is, is that they have their best interests in need. And let's face it, guys. If you and I were the CEO or the CFO of one of these big lenders, we would take advantage of the parameters set in place as well, right? Um, the, the issue there with, with them is that they have a general algorithm that they use, which is, again, is designed to have your loan debt double. So even if there isn't forgiveness per se, um, you know, saving money is completely uh, possible just by knowing your options. OK, um, you know, and again, enough of us aren't educated on our student loans. Um, I can give you a for instance, when I do do presentations again, it's been a while because of COVID, but. I did used to do them before. And when I'd have a group of people, one of the first questions I would ask everybody is, 
How many people know in this room when their student loan ends? Invariably, 90% of hands stayed down. 10% of hands went up. And to be honest, guys, uh, those 10% that had their hand up, half of them were probably lying. Um, the lenders do their best to have you not know when it ends, okay? They do their best to have you not know what your options are, specifically forgiveness programs. So, you know, knowing what kind of options you have, knowing what kind of loans you have, knowing the difference between federal and private debt, because they are affected differently. Um, you know, those are, there are, to me, they're, they're, they're game changers, you know, they they can save you tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Just speaking for myself, I know when I was 18 and I was going to college, I knew next to nothing about how student loans worked. I just signed anything that was put in front of me so I could go to college. And um, I know I made many mistakes <laughs> looking back on it now. So I'm just wondering, you know, is there any advice that you can give? Does your, does your organization have any webinars or anything available to help somebody who's doesn't have student loan yet, a student loan yet, but is planning on it. Um, do you have anything geared towards people that are younger, I guess, that are kind of like, just to try to educate them on how this is all going to play out? Because we, I had nothing like that when I was getting ready to go to school. And it would have been, I can't even tell you how would beneficial that would have been to me 10, 15 years ago, whenever that was. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, you know what, Alex, 15 years ago is really when the options that allow forgiveness to happen sort of came out. Uh, they weren't always there. So um, basically, again, the you know, get, going back to the, uh, the party analogy, I'm hoping that 15, 20 years from now, when, I, when you know, somebody says, uh, you know, you're a, student, you're a student loan analyst, it'll become as commonplace almost as so as an accountant, right? Um, the unfortunate thing, though, is we deal strictly with the expunging of loans, not necessarily the disbursement. Um, so we don't really have a ton of um, education on it, but um, it is pretty simplistic. Okay, um, you want to take out as much federal debt as possible. Okay, so um, obviously, when you're going to take out debt, it's federal and it's private. Okay, private debt, the repayment is simply principal and interest based. Okay, and for folks out there, principal and interest, um, which is the traditional loan repayment format, uh, interest might as well be replaced with profit, profit for the lenders, profit for the government. Okay, um, federal debt, sometimes you do wind up paying back in a principal and interest format, but they do have forgiveness options where private doesn't. So you ideally want to take out federal debt, and then you want to come speak to us the second you graduate. So we had a question about this uh, back when Joseph was speaking in, at our library. Um, somebody had private loans, and it wasn't until about a half an hour into the presentation that they realized there really wasn't any options available for them because they had private loans. So their next question was, is there a way to have the federal government buy their private loans, or, or is there any sort of option for them at all? And I'm not sure that there was so can you speak on that a little bit sure so the reason why i stress taking out federal loans is and, and this might be you know the best way to explain student loans in general you can turn federal loans private but you cannot turn private loans federal which is why you always want to take out federal loans when you can 
Now, you know, how they go about dispersing that debt, um, I can't speak educationally on because again, we deal with the, you know, the, the, uh, the expunging of the loans. Um, that being said, if you do have private debt out there, a um, couple of things that you really wanna focus on. Uh, number one, you wanna refinance into the lowest possible interest rate. Now, when I say lowest possible, there's two types of interest rates. There's variable and there's fixed. The difference between the two is fixed stays the same, variable can change and typically does. So you always wanna have a fixed rate, even if it is slightly higher than an available variable rate, okay? Um, typically consolidations are good, so you're not dealing with multiple debts with multiple interest rates being paid to one lender or multiple lenders. Um, but even then you sort of wanna make sure it's the right thing for you. So if you have private debt, um, basically the best thing you can do is to get your interest rate as low as it can be. Um, make sure that when you do do this, you're essentially creating a new loan when you refinance. That's what happens when you change interest rates, you're, you're essentially getting a new loan. You wanna make sure you get the term, so how long you have to pay this for, and what the monthly payment is, and this is key, uh, guys, you wanna make sure that monthly payment stays steady. You don't wanna have what's called a gradual rate because gradual rates allow interest to accrue at a very quick pace. And you wind up paying sometimes 10,000 more on the same loan than just having a fixed uh, monthly payment similar to a mortgage. Uh, I was curious, like, so you mentioned that you went to like a virtual format for your workshops. Are you meeting in person individually? Have you started like in-person workshops in other places now, or are you still kind of all virtual? I would say the majority of the work we do is uh, virtual right now, again, simply because the, the clientele seems to favor it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when, when you're putting out the information, um, you want to reach as many people as possible, right? So the discussions between our, uh, our business developers, uh, Director Joseph, um, you know, they're speaking to the heads of agencies and organizations and unions, and those folks are determining what they think is the best course of action in regards to the dissemination of information, because they know, they know their constituency the, the most, right? Um, we'd be happy to speak in person, um, at least I'm specifically speaking for myself, uh, because again, I think putting a face to the name, uh, to the brand, um, you know, it goes a long way, you know, uh, instead of being just a, a, a voice on the other end of the phone, um, the, I feel like people can read people's faces. Um, everybody who works in our organization does so because we want to help folks. Um, I think it's what's gotten us the relationships with the unions and the organizations that we have. Um, you know, getting somebody forgiven of their debts um, and literally hearing tears on the other end of the phone, um, it never gets old. Um, it's a real thing. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, honestly, Andrew, uh, would we like to uh, see more people face to face? We would. Um, you know, we're getting back there. But again, I just think the uh, convenience of the webinar um, lends itself to a more efficiency when it comes to reaching the masses. 
Uh, but yet, that being said, we're open to whatever any individual needs. Okay. I will say, when Joseph spoke at Save the Library, we did do it virtually, and we had 17 people show up so or sign in. So that's that's good for us for a virtual program, definitely. So there, the interest is there. I, some of those people may not have even been Sable residents. They might have just found it on Facebook and joined that way. So that's what I like about virtual programs is people can join however they find it. They can join. I don't care where they live. I want to reach the widest audience possible. So just wanted to point that out that the virtual, it, it was pretty popular for a virtual program. Yeah. I mean, that uh, I totally agree. Um, like everything in life, guys, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, right? There's yin and yang. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I do think that maybe not a hundred percent, but probably a vast majority of our communications with people are going to be virtual going forward. A, because I think that's how society is, is trending and has trended. Um, and B, um, you know, just with, with COVID, we don't, we don't know, you know, when this is going to go away if ever. So, um, you know, you don't want to turn people off because they're uncomfortable to be in a certain setting. Um, again, the goal is to reach as many people as possible with the education, with the information, um, you know, and, and take it from there. Um, I just had a question about, so yeah, this is like a national thing and you're talking about like federal kind of loan and money and stuff. Are there state specific like things that need to like, so if, like we're talking about like someone who coming on a virtual, you know, Zoom or something and they're out of state, is there is there New York state specific things that would deter them or something like that? Well, the two, not typically, Andrew, the, the two um, the two major programs that we work off of for uh, for educators specifically, and again, this does uh, translate to, to public sector folks. We look at public sector loan forgiveness, okay? Um, again, that's available to any full-time city, state, county, government, or not-for-profit uh, employee. Um, uh, full-time being working a certain hours a week, not necessarily working towards pension or benefits or something like that. Um, it's even open to folks who do two part-time jobs under the same criteria, maybe totaling 30 hours. So if you did part-time at a library uh, and then maybe did part-time at, at an animal shelter that was funded by the community uh, and a total 30 hours, you qualify, right? Um, educators specifically are eligible for something called teacher loan forgiveness. It's a one-time reduction of debt after specific uh, years of teaching in a specific area. Um, that's a national or federal uh, program as well. Um, there are some programs that are state-specific for educators uh, or healthcare workers, but we specifically focus on the federal forgiveness programs. Um, there is forgiveness programs for folks who are not public service. It's just a longer term. So again, you really want to determine based off of the individual and the debt that they owe, um, you know, what's the right course of action. Again, this is what we do all day, every day. Uh, but for instance, just to, you know, hammer home what you said, Andrew, if I had a teacher who lived in New York and she started the public service program, did two years here and decided to move down to say North Carolina and work in education, the program travels, you know, it picks up where they left off. Uh, so uh, I have a client who's actually working on an Indian reservation in Nevada. She qualifies as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a federal program. More people need to know about it. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, we, we can help with that. I have two quick questions for you. You just mentioned some, a couple of things that I think are, are particularly important for librarians and 
in Suffolk County, at least. Um, one, you mentioned that you're eligible for the public student loan forgiveness if you work two part-time jobs that total 30 hours. Is that right? Yes. So if ideally you want to be full-time, they want a specific number of hours dedicated to public service, they being the United States Department of Education. Is that new? Is that one of the new um, laws that Biden passed that began last October? No, no. That's it's, not related? No, Biden's laws that were passed, um, you know, just to, just to give you a primer here, guys, unfortunately, the public service program isn't simply as easy as working in public service and making loan payments. Okay, there's parameters that are attached to it, specific type of debt, more importantly, specific type of repayment program. Um, in regards to Biden's provision, what he did was most folks for one reason or another were making ineligible payments. So Biden allow, is allowing people to go backwards and have those ineligible payments now count as eligible. And it's making a whole, uh, a whole bushel of folks who were not eligible now eligible, okay? In regards to the hours, that was always a uh, criteria of the, uh, of the program. It typically needs to be somewhere between 30 and 35 hours in one job, or it can be a combination part-time of two, okay, as long as it exceeds 30 hours. That's great. That's actually really important to know, especially for the people who I think are listening to our podcast, because the way the civil service um, organization, the civil service hiring works in Suffolk County, um, many new librarians might be stuck in like a part-time limbo for years, working two part-time jobs. And if they're not aware that, that that is actually counting towards their public student forgiveness, they might be missing out on years of, of uh, might be paying loans for years that they don't have to. So I think that's really important to, to highlight. Um, my other question I had had to do with, um, I believe the payments have to be consecutive. Is that right? Or can you, are you allowed to make a break in your payments? Because I know with COVID now, or, you know, somebody goes on maternity leave, they take a year off, something like, you know, some stuff happened, life happens. Do they have to keep making those payments while they're not working? Or how does that work? So first thing let's tackle, and it's a common misconception, the payments do not need to be consecutive. Okay. The lenders um, oftentimes put that information out there because frankly, over the course of 10 years, who doesn't need to pause their payments at some point? Majority of folks. Um, you know, so again, if the program seems unattainable, more people won't do it. Okay. Therefore, they go into the traditional principal and interest based repayment and pay back all that interest. Okay. Um, depending on what you're doing for a living at the time of your repayment determines what you should be doing. Okay. Um, the income driven repayment models, which is how the forgiveness programs are based. Um, they have, they take into consideration what is going on in your life. Okay, so the key to the forgiveness programs for public servants is that you do not want to be paying more than you need to unnecessarily. So for instance, if you're in between jobs, um, let's use a teacher as an example. Um, she's a new hire and they excess the individual and they don't have employment for a couple of months while they're searching for a new job. You want to legally limit what you pay, and there are ways to do that, okay? But the payments do not need to be consecutive. Uh, you know, you can stop and start. 
Uh, the key is obviously to make the payments with all the parameters attached so that every single dollar that you give is going towards that program. Because at the end of 120 payments, it does not matter what is left. The government will forgive the entire balance tax-free. Thanks for clearing that up. Sure. Um, well, we touched on the, the student loan pause a couple of times. Um, how has that been affecting your work? It's been going on for almost two years now. How is that, that slowing things down for you? Or are you getting more questions about it? Um, well, we thought initially that it would, um, that it would uh, slow us down. Um, and obviously in the beginning of COVID, you know, everything slowed down just because, you know, this was new to all of us and we didn't know what was happening, right? Um, but, you know, as we sort of acclimated to it, um, the pause has been great because number one, the government is counting this time of $0 payments towards the 120 months. So folks who are not paying, if they're in public service and they get enrolled in the program, this time is counting. So it's a great time to get in. Um, the other thing that I think, uh, Alex, that, that sort of helped us out was, you know, we've been doing this COVID forbearance for over two years now. Um, it's extended until September at least. Um, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't a, a primary term, meaning they didn't say when they initiated it that it was going to be for two plus years. Um, it's been extended five times. So there's always the threat of payments coming, right, in another month or two, and then, oh, wait, we're going to extend it again. Um, so, you know, I think that ultimately, um, you know, has probably helped. Um, but to be quite honest, the biggest, the biggest change has been what Biden has implemented. I mean, no matter where your politics stand, um, and that seems to be, a, a, unfortunately, a hot button topic for a lot of folks. Um, you know, President Biden is, the, the laws that he's, uh, I guess, loosened restrictions on it, it, as it pertains to student debt, it has helped so many people. I mean, I'm living proof, uh, not that I have student loans, but I'm on the opposite end of a phone call, typically twice a week, where clients of ours are getting their loans completely forgiven, um, you know, where they're on the verge of tears. Um, they're, they're having folks who have maybe the prospectus of, uh, you know, 20 more years of repayment um, now to these uh, restrictions of limitations, maybe only two or three years left. So if you could see the light at the end of the tunnel, you can see the, the uh, finish line um, gives people hope um, that really has, you know, had us busier than we've ever been. Uh, unfortunately, it is a, uh, a finite window. Um, again, unless they extend it, um, you know, October 31st of this year is, is when it closes. Um, so, um, you know, the last nine months we've been busier than we've ever been, um, you know, and, uh, it's, I will say the pause from the government has allowed a lot of people to save a lot of money, um, not just temporarily, but overall on their repayment. Because again, if you're doing the 120 month process and they're giving you these 24, 26 months at a say is $0 instead of let's say on average 300, you know, do the math. That's, you know, 7,000, 6,000 in savings. So it's been, uh, it's, it's been wonderful for them. Uh, we've been able to take advantage uh, helping folks. So, uh, you know, it's been it's been really great. I think, you know, besides having you come to our libraries, are there things that, you know, libraries can do 
to help our patrons, you know, whether it's services, programs, or other like resources that you're aware of that could be offered to the people? You know, trying to navigate the federal sites for, for student loans, um, you know, trying to figure out whether you have federal debt or private debt or a mixture. A lot of folks don't know that. Um, simply calling your lender and asking uh, just when does my loan end? Um, and, you know, if you don't like the answer, trying to seek out other, other options. Uh, the biggest problem with the lenders, guys, uh, unfortunately, though, is, you know, they typically hire minimum wage entry level individuals um, that are uh, poorly trained. And the folks don't stay there for long simply because they're not paid well. Um, they get on the phone with uh, a good percentage of folks. And these people, after waiting on hold for half an hour, are in a surly mood, you know, and rightfully so. Um, so they're dealing with a lot of angry folks. Uh, and, um, you know, you have to really, you know, cause, um, you have to really wonder what information is being disseminated out there. Um, but on the uh, other side of it, you do have to worry about folks that are strictly calling you out of the blue, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get your money, um, which is why how we go about business is so important. Um, you know, there are a lot of scammers out there. We're trying to uh, separate ourselves from them. We've done a great job of it. Uh, but, um, you know, just educating yourself on the federal sites, trying to read through it as much as possible. Uh, and then obviously, um, you know, uh, reaching out to us um, because at the end of the day, uh, like you guys mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we are a, a no cost to the individual uh, educational platform first and foremost. So, um, you know, we're happy to tell folks about what's going on with their debt, uh, what options they have, you know, and how they choose to implement them is completely up to them very clearly. Anthony, is there anything you want to talk on that uh, we haven't covered? I guess the one thing I would mention um, that we haven't discussed is if folks are in default on their debts, um, now is the time to look into it because, again, the government's loosening a lot of restrictions. Um, it is nothing to be embarrassed about because most folks who are in default are in that position because the lenders don't tell you all your options. Okay, if you were alerted of all your options, you most likely wouldn't have been in default in the first place. So, you know, that's something that we can help with as well. Um, and now is the time before the uh, governmental forbearance lifts because, again, the restrictions are being loosened. Um, but outside of that, uh, you know, People need to understand that student loans have options on the federal side. Um, too many people look at it as a sunk cost because unlike your house, where if you don't pay it, they take it away. Unlike your transportation, your car, if you don't pay it, they take it away. Or if you need money to take public transit, if you don't have it, you're not getting to where you got to get to. Obviously, we all have cell phone communication, internet bills. Um, they become a priority. Uh, I haven't met a person yet that doesn't need to eat. Um, but student loans, they can't take their education away. So a lot of times what it does is it goes to the back of the line. Um, and we get that here. Uh, the thing to know, though, is there are options more so now than there have ever been. So, um, you know, just spend the time, look into it. We're happy to answer any questions that anybody has. And that's basically, that's it. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Anthony. Thank you for having us, guys, or having me. <laughs>
if a library wants to get in contact with your organization or an individual that might have heard this podcast wants to get in touch with you to go over some of their debt forgiveness options, what's the best way to reach out to you? So you can call the general line at uh, at uh, 646-766-1330. Uh, ask for extension 120. That's the uh, director, Joseph Bazanagy's direct line. Um, and if for some reason folks can't get in touch with him, my uh, extension is 116. And again, my name is Anthony Manza. Uh, and I'd be happy to answer any questions and put you in contact with the proper folks. Great. And we'll share all that information in the podcast notes as well. All right. Great. All right. So our guest was Anthony Manza. Again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been very enlightening. And I, I hope we can help some people uh, break the shackles of their student loans today. It was happy to, happy to uh, spend some time with you guys today. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for listening to the New Adult Podcast. Um, I'm Andrew Mahopoulos from Sachem Library. And I'm Alex Cranshaw from Saville Library. And our contact will be in the notes of the podcast. We will see you soon with uh, more topics coming up. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye.